Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Exurgat deus dissipentur inimici eius, et fugiancio derenteum afaci eius. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangelae, defende nos in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidiam, diaboli esto praesidium. Imperatili Deus, supplicas de precamor. Tuque princeps militae calestis satanam aliosque spiritus malignos que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum ne trude. Amen. Cor Jesus Sacratissimum miserere nobis, Mater Dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Beatis Carolus Domo Austriae, ora pro nobis. Christeros, pray for us. <clears throat> Domine, ostende facium tuum et salvi erimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. As an opener, if you have kids around and you're listening to this, either turn the volume down, kick them out of the room, or pause and come back later when the kids are not around. This episode is going to be talking about some very, very hard things. And if you don't want your children exposed to this, it would, you know, just simply be prudent to not have them around for it. <clears throat> now, there's not going to be an explicit content. I'm not going to get particularly graphic. But this is this is going to be an episode that's going to require a certain bit of discernment, um, a certain bit of prudence, a certain bit of temperance, a certain bit of charity and mercy already kind of being baked into the cake because this is actually an episode specifically about justice. And so there's going to be some things I'm sure that I'm going to say some things that you're going to disagree with, that you're going to say, hey, maybe this is a little far. Maybe this is a little harsh. Maybe it's a little extreme. And I expect that. Um, more than that, actually, I also want to know what you think. And so you can email me Caleb at RadioFreeCatholic.com. You can log in on RadioFreeCatholic.com on the website, and you can send me a message. Just click on the button that says Contact, and it'll open up a, and it'll open up a uh, a text box that you can send me an email directly. I do read them all. I try to answer them all. Um, <clears throat> and you can let me know. You know, hey, you're out, you're out of your mind. You're crazy. This, that, and the other. You've gone way too far, etc. Or hey, you agree, or whatever. 
Um, but I posted on Twitter the other day. Um, and it actually, so <clears throat> for those of you who are on social media, then you'll know that Catholic Twitter blew up over the concept, talking about the concepts of being, referring to ourselves as traditionalists, as trads, or as restorationists. Now, being American, I like shorthand, which is really my only anchoring to referring to myself as a trad. Trad, really easy to say. Rad trad, whatever. Um, you know, like, you, and you can add whatever, whatever epithet or whatever, but trad is pretty, like, it's nice and brief and abbreviated. There's no way really to abbreviate restorationist. And that's really my only argument. Um, if I'm going to be known, if you're going to put me in a box that's labeled with five syllables, then I would prefer that box be labeled not effing around. Of course, with the expletive written on it, I would prefer that be the label. Because the modernist BS, the leftist craziness, all of this debauchery and degeneracy, I'm done with. And that's going to be largely the topic of the show. We're going to touch a little bit on the, on the church stuff because it would seem that there have been some developments. Um, the, the public association, um, and I forgot the name, it's the, it's the Benedictines, of, it's, it's some form of Benedictine order. Um, but it's the order of Father Alquin Reed, the recently illicitly ordained priest. His entire order has been suppressed. And it looks like his bishop is getting pressure from Rome to do so because his bishop, Bishop Ray, is what I guess they'd call him a charis... What is it? It's a... Tradismatic? Because he's very much... Because he's kind of a do-whatever-works. Whatever's going to get people to come to church, to go to Mass, to worship God... That's what he's open to. So there's been a blossoming of Catholic charismatics and there's been a blossoming of Catholic traditionalists in his diocese. And it looks like he's getting pressure from Rome to suppress the trads, which is why the illicit ordination of Dom, Al of Dom Alquin, Alquin Reed has evoked so much fire and brimstone and, caught, and actually caused their entire order to be uh, suppressed. Which is really uncool, to say the least. <clears throat> that, against the backdrop, and a lot of people have been talking about this. So last week, there was a mass where some dude, some little older boomer fat dude, you know, had, you know, had this giant bubble-making wand... And they made bubbles at, at Holy Mass, which is sort of mind-boggling. And that was not to be outdone by Mass this week, on June 19th. It was not to be outdone. At, at Mass in Chicago, same, same archdiocese under Cardinal Supich, where the homily or the sermon or the reflection or whatever you want to call it was given by a pair of gay men who didn't talk about 
the glory of God, who didn't talk about the mercy of God, who didn't talk about how they felt called to repentance, who didn't talk about any of that. They were talking about how they were accepted as a supposedly married couple raising children. And that seems to be the direction of Francis Church, of the new church, of the, of the Novozordite religion. Clearly, it's Novozordite, it's Jesuit, modern Jesuit. <clears throat> it's, pick your moniker, it's anything except Catholic. On the other side of the fence, which is to say, outside of the spiritual realm and into the material and the temporal realm, on the other side of the fence, you have Jane's revenge, threatening more... Actually, they didn't even use the euphemism direct action. Calling for rioting, calling for looting, calling for burning, and actually saying that the damage this time might be harder to clean up than arson or graffiti, which is basically a threat to start killing people, to start blowing things up. And if that's what they want to do, that's cool. Whatever. I mean, they're murderers anyway, so why would I expect anything different? And to be honest, you shouldn't expect anything different either. And with that as our backdrop in the sort of spiritual end of the battles that we are currently facing, I, get, I suppose we can shift over a little bit further and talk about, you know, the deliberate sabotage of the energy industry in the United States of America. We, talk, we can talk about the deliberate sabotage of the food, of food production in our country. We can talk about the fact that they're putting the pieces in place to starve out anybody who they deem to be excess. And if, you, if you've been listening all the way through, it's in the archives and I will eventually get to upload and I'll eventually get back to uploading all those episodes. Um, but if you've listened through from two years ago when I started this podcast, then you will remember that one of the targets of the Sustainable Development Goals is actually, is actually promoted by Dr. Jane Goodall. And Dr. Jane Goodall is of the opinion that the ideal population for the world is 500 million. Now, with the current global population at 7.5 billion and coming closer to 8 billion, clearly, we've got 7 billion too many people for Dr. Goodall. A very ironic last name. Because she is anything but all good. And if you wonder why, we have actually talked about, and I've linked in, and this is actually more current, I've actually got the links in previous episodes talking about what they're trying to do with climate change and sustainable development. You can actually find the links, particularly to the documents um, coming out of the United Kingdom of what sustainable development looks like worldwide. And I, and, but I will sum it up for you. It's the end of fossil fuel, the end of flight, the end of any sort of mass transit beyond, uh, beyond trains and supposedly switching all to electric cars, but that's actually not going to happen because you have to remember that you have to use fossil, uh, well, petrol products in order to build roads. And quite clearly, these people are not about building roads either. So ultimately, 
It is to strip us of automobiles, aircraft, and anything that would allow you to travel from one place to another. Also, it is to strip us of having meat, chicken, beef, lamb, goat, pig, whatever, all of the above. And even fish, to some degree, it would seem, because they're not even promoting fish, but whatever. The, um, but basically, <clears throat> excising all living flesh from the human diet. Now, I don't know if you've ever met a vegan, but they're, by and large, they're really not the happiest people that you've ever met. The vast, I mean, they have some notable ex- exceptions, like Russell Brand. Um, you know, he's pretty jovial, pretty 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 funny to listen to, doesn't seem like a shrill psychotic. But by and large, most vegans are very unpleasant. And rightly so, because they're not eating nearly what they need to really be able to physically thrive. Simultaneously, they're also, for the most part, they're OCD, they're very particular about certain things, they're very sensitive about a lot of stuff. And, I mean, like I said, they're just, in general, unpleasant to be around. They also lean very heavily on the pro-choice. They like to call it pro-choice, even though it's become very clear lately that there's no choice in it. If you get pregnant, you should kill your baby. That's basically what they've been telling us for the last year. And then there's the children, the constant indoctrination, the craziness on social media, the purple-haired, nose-pierced, tattooed, obese, don't know whether or not they're a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, they're fluid in some way, shape, or form, they've got cake genders because they're multi-layered, because some days they feel blah and other days they feel blue. Let's be real. All right. Whether there's some high-level mucky muck at the World Economic Forum, or there's some psychopath with purple hair wearing black block going out on the street and burning stuff down, there's one word for them all. Murderer. They murder souls, they mutilate bodies, and they murder children. This is a fact. Actually, technically, all those are three facts. They murder souls, they mutilate bodies, they kill children. They support criminals going out and killing people for whatever. And they refuse to punish. They refuse to protect their communities. They refuse to protect other people's communities. They refuse to protect... They fail in everything that is actually necessary to sustain and cause human life to thrive. And you know what? So be it. They will lie to you because they don't care. They have their objectives and that's, and that's it. They will cheat you as they've shown for the last 100 years plus as they've found new and more creative ways to cheat you out of your home, your property, your living, your wealth, your prosperity, and your future. 
Think I'm overstating? How many people across this country have decided that they don't want to have children until much, much later? Well, children are in a very literal sense, the future of a family. So if you put off having children, then you're postponing your future and you're running the risk of never actually being able to sustain your future because you might wait too long and not be able to have kids. And that murders families in the long run. Not to mention the fact that these people have actually done a fantastic job of murdering the, the conventional family as it stands already. How many households have mom, dad, all the kids, and then nearby have aunts and uncles and grandma and grandpa? How many families are actually clustered close enough together where you could say maybe cross the street or walk down the block and visit grandma and grandpa? Or spend time with your cousins over at your aunt and uncle's house, aunts and aunts or uncle's houses. How many of you out there understand that in this day and age, that is a completely foreign concept? And yet, for thousands of years, going all the way back past Hammurabi, this was the norm. A patriarch or a matriarch heading an entire family with three or four genera with three or four generations alive and in direct communication with everybody there. And in the last 100 years, that is now gone. The core unit of civilization has been obliterated. Now it's single moms, but never single dads, really, which is odd. You would think that would be at least, you would think that would at least be a 50-50 shot, you know, maybe a single mom and then a single dad, but somehow, not so much. Fathers aren't typically in the home. I mean, they are sometimes, about 40-45% of the time they're in the home. The rest of the time they're outside of the home and maybe dad got remarried. Which is to say maybe dad's committing adultery. Maybe mom got remarried. Which is to say that mom's committing adultery. And that is the sort of loose, sandy foundation upon which the United States of America is built upon as a civilization. Across the country, largely the same thing, in every state for the most part, with very few exceptions. So we have a generation that's reaching out trying to reclaim that, and they're getting a lot of flack from a lot of different directions. And that flack is coming from murderers. See, Joe Biden, in his current position, is just as complicit as Nancy Pelosi, who is just as complicit as Mitch McConnell, who honestly is just as complicit as Rand Paul or Kevin McCarthy or Chuck Schumer or Dan Crenshaw 
just as complicit. And if they successfully get the Supreme Court to not overturn Roe, then those nine justices on the Supreme Court will also be, even if they disagree. Because here's the thing about being not, here's the thing about being actually able to wash your hands of a crime. You would have to resist it. But I guarantee you that there will simply be a dissenting view, if for some reason Roe Ro v. Wade is not overturned, there will simply be a dissenting view, and that's it. And Kavanaugh, and Barrett, and Roberts, and Gorsuch, and all of the Catholics on that bench. And oh, hey, by the way, a lot of people like to say that there's six Catholics on that bench. There are more than six. Unless I missed my guess, there are eight baptized Catholics on the Supreme Court. Now, three of them may be apostate, but there are eight baptized Catholics on the Supreme Court. There are eight condemned souls. And they will all reap of this condemnation. Well, I did everything I could. No, actually, dear one, you did not. Do I know what it is that you could have done as a Supreme Court justice? No, but I do know that if they fail to overturn Roe versus Wade and you do nothing, you're still complicit. You were willing to sacrifice nothing. And here's the thing. <clears throat> We had better actually, as Catholics, get it through our thick skull that doing the right thing is actually more important than doing the effective thing. Now, how can that be? <clears throat> the right thing means that you resist evil with the full vigor, willing to sacrifice all. And the slaughter of innocence is definitely worth... Okay, hang on. I'm going to use this term twice. The slaughter of innocence, plural, that's C-E-N-T-S, is very much worth sacrificing everything that you have, everything that you own, everything that you are. And it is equal in importance to resisting the slaughter of innocence, that's C-E-N-C-E, -E, with the same vim and vigor. <clears throat> it's a shame that they're both homonyms, but you can understand at this point, from this point on, I will no longer separate those. When I say innocence, I actually mean both plural, the innocent, and a person's innocence. <clears throat> and the slaughter of both of those should be resisted with a full vim and vigor, with everything that we have. Now, I happen to be in a position where I'm sort of biding my time. Because I could be rash and do something ridiculous. Actually, truth be told, it would be rather effective 
<clears throat> because I'm not a moron and I know how to actually do it. <clears throat> but I have to ask myself, is the price worth it? Is there something else I can do that would be more effective? But as every day goes on, understand that there's in the back of, in the, in somewhere, somewhere behind my corporeal body is a voice that keeps calling me to just say, do it. That that's calling me to just do it, to do the things that I know would be right. Extreme as they are. So let's run down that list. And there's going to be some disagreement. And this is actually the point where if your kid, if you, honestly, if you've kept your kids in the room up to this point, you need to kick them out. Because from this point on, we are definitely going full. The right thing to do to a murderer is what? We know they're murderers. It's not even like we have to prove it. They have tax records. It's easy. It's easy to prove. For example, Planned Parenthood. We have tax records. We know that they kill babies. We know that that's their primary business. That the other stuff that they try to call women's reproductive health is stuff that they don't really worry about because the principal amount of their money actually comes from the slaughter of children. And we know that and we know that this money comes twofold. On the one hand, when the woman comes in to have them murder her baby, she pays them or her health insurance pays them. So they get paid to commit the crime. And then they get paid for the body parts after the crime is committed. So they get paid coming and going. And that child's body is never laid to rest. More often than not, it is disposed of as, quote, biological waste. And sometimes, before, that, before it can become biological waste, they, dice, they vivisect it, cut it up, take out the organs that they need, and send, and, send every, and send the various parts as, you know, with their applicable usability, off to places to be turned into things like stem cell treatments. off to other places to be so that the body parts can be grafted onto mice and pigs and monkeys there thereby allowing that mouse that pig or that monkey to be experimented on with chemicals to see how they render for the human portions that have been grafted onto them and we know this happens this is actually we've actually crossed the rubicon we now know this is undeniable and if you want the proof. I would simply direct you over to websites like Project Veritas so that you can look through the exposés that they have done, particularly when it came to the selling of baby body parts. We have the documented evidence. There is no, like in all honesty, we are beyond the whole bringing these people to trial because the, doc, because the evidence is undeniable. We're not talking about doctored video footage. We're literally talking about raw video footage released to the public for the public to see. 
and politicians in, in and politicians at the state, federal, at the local level, all three levels, they have done how much? They have done zero. Some have decided to try to pass laws vis-a-vis Texas and a couple of other places. Oklahoma has actually gone full on in trying to make sure that in trying to make sure that a ban goes into place as soon as humanly possible. But over the course of the last few years, as all of this information has come out, they have done nothing. So what would be the right thing to do for people who not only murder, but profit from the murder? In fact, their business model is profiting on the body, on the corpses of the unbaptized. Because they were murdered before they had an opportunity to be baptized. Thereby slaughtering not just the body, but the soul. What is the correct response to such a travesty that is allowed to continue on in cities and counties and states across the nation? What is the correct response? What do you do with murderers? So I want you to tell me, would it be wrong? Would it be wrong to execute every Planned Parenthood employee? You tell me. Every last one of them has blood on their hands. They have blood money on their hands. You tell me. What is the appropriate response? How long are you going to let them stay there and continue to slaughter innocents? Now, am I asking you to do anything about it? No. Why? Because I said at the beginning of this, there is required prudential judgment. Prudence, temperance, mercy, these are all things that need to be accounted for. But if I were to solely take the aspect of justice, we don't need to bring these people to trial. We know what their business is. Everyone in the country knows what their business is. They're not going to deny it. They've been trying to shout it out from the rooftops for the last two years. So you tell me, do we really need to actually bother with a trial? As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. 
Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I would argue that the answer is actually no. Now, there are some ramifications. And those ramifications have to do with the fact that anybody who goes after an abortion clinic, a murder pit, a slaughterhouse, You will be targeted by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. You will be dragged out in chains, in full public view, for the whole world to see as they, as they broadcast your trial around the world. You know, before I go on, I just want to say one thing. Never in my 40 plus years of life, did I imagine that I would be behind a microphone making this argument? If you would have come up to me in 1992 or 1993, and you would have told me that 30 years later, this is the position that you're going to hold, I would have looked at you and said, there's no way you're out of your mind. And in large part because my family actually said, oh, it seems kind of crazy to blow up abortion clinics. Because my family failed to understand that it is murder. And it's not just murder of the body, it is also murder of the soul. The soul that will never achieve salvation without some extreme movement by God because we know what the regular means of salvation includes and it includes that if you that if a, that if an, that if an innocent is going to die that they'd be baptized now I'm not saying that God condemned all of these children but I am saying that the church has taught that if you're not baptized there's really not a whole lot of chance that you have it's not to say that God wouldn't intervene. It's not even to say that God didn't intervene and isn't intervening even today. Because I don't know. But I cannot, as a Catholic, assume something that the church never taught. I can only really go in line with what the church has taught throughout history. And the church has taught throughout history, all the way back to the Catholic Church's founder, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself, Baptism by water and spirit.
That's the teaching. I wouldn't dare put shackles on God and say that he couldn't possibly do it another way. But the teaching says baptism by water, unless you are born, unless you are born again, unless you are baptized, you don't really have a chance. Because if you're not baptized, then you're dying in original sin. And you can't even say that, it, well, maybe it's maybe from, you know, from the desire of the parents, because if the, par if the parents really desired it, they would at least let the child be born and be baptized. Instead, they let some butcher cut their child to pieces while they rest within their body. Now, everything I've said about abortionists, the people who do this butchery, equally applies to those who support it. So Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, they're all in it. Their hands are just as bloody. It doesn't matter how many children Nancy Pelosi has had. It is interesting that she doesn't defend a woman's right to choose because she chose to butcher her own babies. But she certainly elects for it for you, which makes her just as callous of a murderer as somebody who takes a, out a contract on someone else's life. As a mob boss who goes, you know, just go over there and whack him. The moniker for this show is no, is no quarter for demons. And from time to time, I find myself re-examining what that means. Now, to be sure, if we're not praying, if we're not sacrificing, if we're not doing penance, if we're not doing the things that we need to do to make reparation, those of us who are fighting this fight are going to lose. And we don't even and we're not even going to get we're, you don't get to be called a martyr. If you're not in a state of grace. If you're not doing it, if you're not doing this, well, I, I let me back that up. You can it is possible that you will be called a martyr. But let's be real. If you're listening to this podcast, then prayer and penance and sacrifice and reparation should already be a regular part of your lexicon. It should already be it should already be a part of your daily life. And in fact, this the entire topic of this podcast, if that is your if no joke, the whole topic of this podcast, everything that we've covered in the last 37 minutes, with the exception of the first minute of prayer, all of this should be giving you somewhat of a queasy stomach to think about. There's no way that you, there's no way that you should be going rah 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 heck yeah. <clears throat> and I say this and I say this as the one who is saying that these things are true in particular based on what I know and what in what we know is already out there that we all can see with our own two eyes.
But there's no point where this discussion should not give you unease. Because if you were literally like, I question your prayer life, if, if you're like, yeah, and then you're willing to just run out there and do something stupid. Why am I laying the groundwork like this? Because to be sure, anybody who's listening to this podcast would say, well, he's calling for violence. He's calling for armed action. I'm not calling for anything. Those of us who are on the side of the church... You really need to closely examine church history. Because we can wait. To be sure. I'm not entirely sure that God's not going to hold us to account for having not acted when we could have. I don't know for sure. But these people, these people, these pro-abort crazies, these people up at the upper echelons in the World Economic Forum and in the upper level, the upper levels of the federal government, the federal bureaucracy and all of the people who, most of the people who are elected into office, and I use elected in quotation marks because the vast majority of those punks were selected and not elected. They will not leave us alone. The more they think they have control over, the more control they're going to want. It's avarice that's driving them in addition to pride. It's envy that's driving them in addition to pride. They cannot leave us alone in the end. So ultimately, we will all be called to stand and fight in whatever form that takes shape. Because for some of us, it will simply be standing there, holding our arms outstretched, shouting out, Viva Cristo Rey! And for some of us, it'll be to get off our dead behinds and pick up a weapon and do something. But no matter what, they're not going to leave us alone. That's not going to happen. They're only leaving us alone for now. But mark my words. If the Supreme Court does do what they are supposed to do and uphold the Constitution of the United States, if they do actually posit the rest of the 14th Amendment against that scantily clad, weak-sauce argument that is the judgment of Roe versus Wade. Because to be sure, here's the thing. It all anchors on whether or not they properly used the definition for the word person. Because in the 14th Amendment, every person must have equal protection under the law. And a pregnant woman cannot give birth to anything other than a human person. And that person 
is entitled to equal protection under the law. And that protection includes the right to not be murdered. And the right to not be murdered outranks the right to privacy. And for those of you who did not know that that was the legal argument that was being made, that a woman has a right to privacy, that right to privacy overrode the other right enumerated in the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, which was that which was the baby's right as a human person to be alive and cared for and unmolested. So if the Supreme Court does what they are supposed to do, they will overturn Roe versus Wade on that fact alone. And they will leave the states with the the individual states with the responsibility of defining abortion as murder. Since clearly the federal government hasn't got the spine to do so. And if they fail, then supposedly nothing. But I gotta be perfectly honest with you that at that point, if they fail, we have put up with 40 plus years and the murder of 60 million plus children of all races, of all backgrounds, of all intelligence levels, of all of all in unnumbered potential. If they fail to overturn Raid, Roe versus Wade, at that point, we should respond in kind. Jane's Revenge wants to go out there and blow up and blow up family planning clinics like pro-life organizations. Cool. They overturn they fail to overturn Roe versus Wade. We should level every planned parenthood. Preferably during business hours when everybody's still there. And if we don't actually inflict justice on the tens of thousands of murderers across the country, well, then I would highly recommend that you spend every waking minute on your knees in prayer begging for forgiveness. Because here's the thing. At some point, I can't help but think that God is going to ask the question, well, why didn't you just go out and stop the murder? You knew what was happening. It was there for you to see. You knew who was pushing it. You knew who was behind it. You knew everybody involved. Why didn't you just go out there and stop it? Well, but what if we did this? And what if that? And what if the other? And what if the FBI? And what if the CIA? And what if the NSA? And what if the police? And what if, you know, the sheriff's department or whatever? What if the state troopers? Or what if whatever? The question I'm actually most terrified of having to answer is why weren't you willing to sacrifice yourself 
so that others may live. Because here's the thing. When you connect that willingness to sacrifice to the emotional detachment from the outcome that we as Catholics are supposed to have, that changes the game entirely. Well, what if it was unsuccessful? So what? Is God not worth it? Is Christ not worth it? Is the salvation of an innocent soul, one innocent soul, not worth it? I mean, we're talking about the same Lord who preached about how, you know, a shepherd could have a hundred sheep and he will still leave the 99 behind to go rescue the one. When you put it all on the scales, and I really wish I had a better, honestly, I wish I was better with words and better with, with being able to describe the way this probably ought to go. But the fact is, is that if you do a thing for the right reason and you do it rightly, even if it does not have the effect that you hope that it has, you have done the right thing. And this applies to handing to giving charity. This applies this applies to giving alms to the poor. I suppose you could argue it even applies to giving up to, to giving rendering your tithe to the church. Well, what if the bishop uses it wrong? Well, that's on him. You're not giving it out of naivete. Oh, well, the bishop will definitely use it, right? You're giving it because you're kind of obligated to. And if you can and if you can find a way to shift it so that this way you're not giving it to something that's going to be a complete abomination, vis-a-vis -vis Peter's Pence, which bought a $250 million piece of property and invested in, in the freaking Elton John movie Rocket Man. If you can find another way to give it so that this, you know, say giving it to the Oblates of St. Augustine and helping out Brother Martin Navarro with, with the monastery so that, so that young men can, can follow their vocations to a traditional Catholic life. As monks, as traditional contemplative monks. Or finding a way to make sure that it, that the money finds its way into the hands of, of the traditional Carmelite sisters. Or the poor Clares. Or somebody, or somebody who is not necessarily beholden to have to give some of that money up to the corrupt bishops. Maybe you can find that avenue. But if you can't find that avenue, it doesn't mean that you're not obligated. We're not supposed to be tied to the outcomes. And it took a little while for me to figure this one out on my own. Because 
in my heart, I'm right there with the Vendée. And in my heart, I'm right there with the Cristeros. And the fact remains is that due to the machinations of the world, they lost. And I know that my temporal self, my material self, would prefer that if I'm going to give that sacrifice, it's going to mean something, it's going to do something, it's going to change something. But that's an attachment. That's an attachment that would prevent me from doing what is right. Possibly to the damnation of my soul. And ultimately, ultimately, this podcast, if I was going to form it and actually call it an, apost an apostolate, but even without, ultimately, the mission of this podcast is the same as the mission of the church, the salvation of souls. War is coming. They're coming for you, they're coming for your home, they're coming for your family, they're coming for your children. And in many cases, under many circumstances, depending on, and, and from not a whole lot of extra points of view, they already have your family, your home, and your children. So the real question actually kind of balances out to being of all of that stuff that they have, how much of it do you owe God? Should you not consider seriously sacrificing it all for the gl greater glory of God? food for thought. Pray on it. Talk to your priest. Discuss it with your family. Particularly husbands and wives, you should be discussing this. Probably don't need to mention any of this to your kids. And maybe you do. I don't know. But these are discussions that we need to have now. It's time to put on those boots those boots that are the preparation that comes with the gospel of peace. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.